0: I don't care that you're four, they're your shoes. If you're feeling stressed with your modern living Cause one of your kids, well they can't find their shoes Here's a tip, it's a total game changer It's completely free, should be front page news You should try Meditation It's an effective stress amputation. It is. Hi there, my name's James and thank you so much for checking out my podcast, Dad Mind Matters. Helping men to safely navigate family life without losing their minds. In this episode, I talk to CEO and the author of the great book, There's Coffee in the Fridge, James Francis. He's going to tell me not only how meditation has dramatically improved his mental health, but also how it can help yours.
1: My name is James Francis. I wrote a book uh, that was published recently called uh, There's Coffee in the Fridge, uh, One Man's Journey Through Anxiety and Depression. And um, uh, my real name is Jim Rainier, but my creative the creative part of me is, is James Francis. And um, ultimately, I, I wrote this book because I wanted other men to know that there's somebody else out there experiencing something that they may be experiencing. Um, and it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to be vulnerable. And as a, as a business owner, an entrepreneur, um, a, a husband, a dad, you know, all of those things sort of come into my work and my journey, uh, toward, you know, successfully healing some pretty deep uh, traumatic wounds. And, um, uh you know, I'm I'm not afraid to talk about it. Um no, I think it's I, yeah, and, and I appreciate you having me on. I really do. It's uh it's amazing. Gotta spread the word about mental health and and um uh, just I wanna start a conversation. Yeah no
0: it's brilliant and I don't think there's ever been a bigger need for it um in our society. Um I'm not I'm, i you know I'm happy to sort of you know I've I've struggled my mental health for years. I've been on medication for years. Um, I've got, um, I was diagnosed as having sort of, um, OCD, which is sort of intrusive thoughts and just general, I, you know, had depression from that. And that's, that, that's, that's an ongoing battle, um, which mm. can be, can come and go. And but I think you're right. I think it's so important for men, um, to talk about it because traditionally we don't and that's where the problems arise, I think.
1: Yeah. Agreed. hundred percent.
0: Um so if you are you happy to sort of talk about sort of where your anxiety started or or what sort of triggers there were sure I, I think what what i
1: will do is start with um what there was sort of a flashpoint for me in may of 2005 um i pretty much was living the american dream right i had everything you could ever want a uh, big house beautiful wife three wonderful children two dogs Brand new cars. I ran a company. I was the CEO of a company. Um, I had everything from the outside, um, and I was absolutely miserable and just completely unhappy. And so, um, I woke up in a hospital after a suicide attempt, and that's where my journey to healing started. Um, essentially, uh, that was the flashpoint that pushed me down the path of really starting to learn who I was. Uh, the the derivation or the the starting point for my depression, um, and, and my anxiety. And and I really wanted to identify that, you know, I wanted to understand, like, what the hell is causing this unhappiness. And and that's where that, that started. So I spent some time in the hospital, got myself into a stable and, and safe place, came out of the hospital. And essentially, my wife said, Listen, um, I don't know where we're going to go here. I don't know where this journey is going to take us. But let's try to figure this out together. And, you know, uh, we'll try to learn as much as we can about this process. And essentially I agreed. And so uh, growing up, I was an athlete. I was a college athlete. I was actually uh, an all American uh, lacrosse player. And, you know, that requires a tremendous amount of commitment and discipline. And so I use that same discipline, uh, which is the same discipline I use to run my companies, right. And to run my business, to learn about my mental health and to really understand who I am and, and what I'm about and why all this shit happened. And um, I was able to identify some pretty aggressive childhood trauma. But the way that I talk about it with people is that I I don't care if you've been uh, sexually molested or beaten or hit once, right? That's all an energy. That energy continues inside of you until it's reckoned with. And so it's not really a matter of levels of pain or trauma. It really is just identifying that one thing and trying to understand how to release it. And so that's what I did. Um, I've spent about four years following my hospitalization, really going to school on who I am and, and connecting with myself. And um, uh, that's, where, that's why this book became such an important catharsis for me. It really was a culmination of uh, journaling, therapy, uh, multiple uh, modalities of therapy, sort of all on paper in one spot and then I started to talk about it I was invited to talk to a group of people here I live in Connecticut uh, in the US I was invited to talk to a group of people here basically business executives people that that are just like me uh, and, and mostly middle-aged men and I told my story and several people came up to me afterward and said you need to write this book uh, and so that's kind of how it started
0: yeah that's amazing I think and I applaud you for having the courage to a confirm confront it and deal with it but also um you never know i mean for so many people you might well be the light at the end of the tunnel you don't know who your book might connect with and i think that's Mm. why it's so important to and i totally agree with you i think a lot of a lot of anxiety and depression comes out on from unresolved trauma as a child whatever that is whether that's something that's happened at home or at school or just and I think it's not. It's not if it comes out. It's gonna come out. It's when it comes mm. out, and it's how yeah, you. Yeah. You either it can either it can either change your life, and it can be a complete epiphany and make you much happier. So you you play a much sex, you know, stronger second half of your life. Um, but it's it's hard. You got, and some people don't want to face those demons. Um, so yeah. I applaud you because that's it's. I mean, I think it it's a. It's one thing to admit it to yourself and maybe talk to a counselor or a therapist. It's a whole different level to put it down on paper.
1: Yeah, agreed. And so for me, you know, I I spent that time learning and then I had to go back to work, right? Everything's a choice and I didn't have to go back to work, but we sat down, we were out of money and and we were like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to move? Do you want to go, you know, downsize our lives and fit? Well, you know, obviously as long as we're together, it's all good. But um, ultimately I chose to, can go back sort of into the business that I was in a little bit different area, more focused on well-being and, and, um, helping people with healthy behaviors. Um, I, I spend a lot of time in the corporate insurance world. And, um, uh, what I started to do was bring what I've learned into the boardroom essentially. Um, so I'm, I'm the, I was the CEO of a, a couple of companies. I'm currently the COO of a company. And so I bring the way that I live into the boardroom. And I started to do that about 12 years ago, teaching people how to meditate, essentially small groups, one-on-one, whatever. And it amazed me how many people were just thirsting for this stuff, right? They, they, Mm -hmm. they, they read about it. They, they, they've heard about it. They know somebody who does it. And, and so I started to bring this into work and I started to tell some of the stories that I've uh, reflected on in my book. And, I started, people started to open up and started to become vulnerable. And, you know, it's the workplace. You can't get too touchy feely. But as long as people know that there's a, a there's space for it. Right. It's amazing how quickly people opened up. And I saw the need, the dramatic need. And, you know, to your point, I think most people are walking around numb and they're, they're afraid, right? They're afraid to confront whatever it is. They don't think it can change. They don't think that it can be helped, and um, once they you start to have sort of that interaction and to break it down and to show people how really easy it is, it's not simple, but it is easy, right? Um, then they start to gravitate to, "Holy shit, yeah, I, I could live a different existence. This is pretty amazing."
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think most people numb it with like, alcohol or drugs or addictions or you know, and those are coping strategies so that people can function. But I think. Uh, cause I meditate as well. And I think it's really hard when you start just to sit and be with yourself for five minutes, you yeah, know, I yeah. find that, and it's less so now because it's something I've obviously practiced, but the first five minutes I've got a brain that's just like, what are you doing? You've got work to do. Get up. You, you're just, it's like, it's being a parent makes me, and it's like having a toddler who just will not, they're relentless with whatever yeah. it is they want you to do. That is, it's, it's, it's your mind can be like that. And it's actually, yeah, um, it's a game changer i think meditation once you actually once it's like i was um it's like those snow cones you get and your mind's like that it's like you, a shaken snow cone and then after a couple of minutes it all settles and that that piece is something that i would say 99 percent of the world doesn't know exists
1: yeah yeah i agree I, I i call that teaching uh teaching your ego that it's not the ceo right the minute yeah. you wake up your mind your mind's a computer and it's it's off to work, right? It does what it needs to do. And, and meditation for me teaches my mind and my ego that it's not the CEO. I'm the CEO. I'm in charge. There's a place for you, but uh, your job is this, right? And so meditation allows me to calm that down and really be um, specific about how I want the brain to function in that short period of time, right? Sometimes during the day, it's just going crazy, but uh, but for the most part, when I need to calm myself down, I can do that. I can get right to my breath and, and just sort of quiet things down. I call it slowing down to, for speeding up, right? Because if you meditate, you can be more creative, more collaborative, more interactive, all the things that come out of that. But if you're not if you're not able to calm yourself and get into a place where, you know, you know that you're in control, then that's when the white noise continues to just fly and fly around the head.
0: Well, the—I mean—the fact that you speak of an ego and that actually your—it's you, you, like—it's like its like a di- it's like a distance from you. Your your higher self knows the ego. Mm. I I yeah. started um, training Brazilian jiu jitsu about six years ago, and that is a very very good conf- confrontation mm. with your ego because you can either handle being rubbish at. I mean, yeah. I remember literally my first trial class, and I did it two weeks after my fortieth birthday, um, and I played a lot of rugby. I'd done judo growing up, I'd run marathons, I'd open more swimming. And I th- I literally got paired up with this, I'd say, 15-year-old girl. And I was like, I don't want to roll with her. I'm going to hurt her. She absolutely battered me. <laughs> and I just after the first two rolls, I'm like, okay, I'm taking it seriously now. And even using everything I had, I was I was helpless. It was it was like me rolling with my like five-year-old son. And I just thought, I've got to learn this. This is amazing. Wow. And that is a real one of the black belts after who I think had seen probably lots of people in my position on a trial class go, look, the, you're on a very steep trajectory. You know, the first thing you learn is that you know nothing. You are, yeah. you're either excited by that. And if you're excited by that, you're going down a, a path that's, that's so much more than you think it is. Some people can't handle that. Some guys will come into the gym with this idea of who they are and they cannot be, it can't be handled being submitted by someone who's physically smaller or weaker in their perception. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think, and you're right. Meditation is a very good way of distancing yourself, your higher self with your ego. Um, But it takes work. And a lot of people don't want to do the work.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think mental health just in general, takes a lot of work. Right. And if you think about jujitsu and the subtleties, right. That you start to learn as you get more advanced, that's the same thing in therapy, right? You get those subtle actions that might have a huge a seismic shift in, in the way you look at something, but in order to get there, you got to start and you got to start to break down the walls and get deeper and deeper and deeper. And sometimes, you know, it can take months and sometimes it can take a couple of hours, uh, but that work has to, has to be done. And I, and I, so for me, I approach that work as an athlete and to your point of, of, you know, what you said, second half of life can, can, you can start to live your best self. And it's very true. Then I started to look at my children, right? I have three kids at the time of my suicide attempt, they were, um, 12, 10 and six. And I had this opportunity once I started to get connected with myself, right. And forgive myself for all the stuff that I had done. And and the fact that I tried to take myself off the planet. Um, I said, I'm going to end this cycle. You know, I I want to teach my children how to communicate their feelings, how to connect with their emotions and do the things that I'm doing. And so that's where the the work continues. And now I know, yeah, the second half of my life is going to be phenomenal. But now they've got their entire lives in front of them. Right. And so that, as a parent, was something that was really important to me.
0: Yeah, I I mean, yeah, because what you're doing is you're saving your own life, but you're also saving the life of your children because there's a strong chance my, my, my father struggled with his mental health i've struggled mm. with mine I, I have three children who all i can see may well have similar issues and if you can teach them coping strategies now and they say look in the same way that you you keep fit your body fit you need to keep your mind fit you need to learn some strategies yeah. then um yeah I, it's brilliant could you and i hope i'm not i'm not trying to cry or anything but did, were there with were there any triggers leading up to your suicide attempt was there anything or do you think it was just a culmination of building of pressure in your life or
1: well in on the day that I decided to kill myself um yeah there was some financial pressures I was running a company that I owned and and we were growing but there was a lot of financial pressure to continue that and um I had my brother in law was one of my partners. I worked with three, I had four employees that uh, were all people that had worked for, with me for years at other companies. And now this was my company, right? Yeah. So th- the financial pressure of that just built and built over time. And um, I just, I, you know, that if I had to point to one trigger, that would probably be it. Um, th- the second one was the second trigger was really a culmination over time my wife is a very happy person. She's always been a happy person. She's never dealt with mental health issues. And she would say to me, you know, how come you're not happy? And, and we, we had this conversation for years. We, we at the time had been together for 20 years. Um, and it used to drive me crazy that I couldn't feel happy and literally couldn't feel it. You know, there were moments where I would experience something and I'd feel like, okay, yeah, this is happy. But it would go away very quickly. You know, if like for example, if I went to a party with a bunch of friends and I left feeling just completely empty, right. That unhappiness over time just built up. And I was like, if this is all there is, then I don't want to be here anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, cause, <clears throat> cause what you said about your sporting background with lacrosse and obviously being you don't get to be a CEO unless you're incredibly driven. There's, it's mm. not for everyone. And I think, um, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, I've, and I got, I got quite bullied at school, and I think I obviously grew up with a fairly low self-esteem, which I think yeah. can manifest itself in, a, in overachieving. You know, running marathons, um, you know, doing things that, you know, bungee jumps, jumping out of planes, doing things that, are, are, are a little bit proving to my, my self-worth to myself, I suppose. And mm. I imagine there are lots of very, very overachieving high people who maybe I don't know. Are trying to prove to something or trying to write something that, that 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 you know hasn't been resolved um and hopefully you, you resolve it at a time when you know you've still got you know half your life to live and you can you can yeah. only support yourself and your, your your children but you write a book and the, the problem is is people aren't great at telling you know someone will write read your book and go oh wow that was that was that's changed my life. That's an epiphany. I hope they reach out and tell you because quite often people don't. Um, yeah. And I think it's, there's a lot of, us. there's a big stigma about mental health, especially talking about suicide. And I, one of the things I'm hoping with my podcast is you just talk about it and say, look, you need to, I always find I'm much braver for my children than I am for myself. I say, so don't, hmm. if, you, if you can't feel to do it for yourself, which I get absolutely but do it for your kids because they may really need to hear this. They may really need in their thirties, forties, they might get to the same point of view and think, okay, I've got, I've got a roadmap for this. Dad talked about this. Dad wrote a book about this. Dad did. Do you see what I mean? So I think the work you're doing is invaluable. Yeah.
1: And I think you hit the nail on the head and you said, you know, you've got mental health issues. Your dad had mental health issues. These things don't go away, right? They just get passed from generation to generation. So, that was something that I was really intent on ending. I wanted to end. They're going to have their own issues, but I know factually, right, that, they, that their genetic makeup includes the, the depression that exists inside of me, that existed inside of my father and existed inside of my mom. And, you know, there were multiple suicides in, on both sides of my family going back two, three generations. So it's there. Right. You, and so let's not why not learn how to how to manage it, essentially. Um, and the thing is that, you know, I I I'd spoke to a group of people a couple of weeks ago and, and somebody in the room was was not in a good place. And um, the person that they came with asked the question, you know, what advice would you give to someone that is not in a good place right now? And the, the best advice I have is, look, on my worst day, I never imagined that a day like today could exist that i could actually feel joy in having a conversation with you you know what i mean and so that's the advice is that regardless of how bad things are going right now no matter how low you feel um you can get there there is a day like today that you just don't know about yet um and and living for that goal to me is pretty important
0: yeah i i think that's profound i think you're right and i think whatever it is whatever your anchor is whether it's your children whether it's a, 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 i think you know they they often say if you have got a problem get a bigger problem that's you yeah. know that's a very good way of you know the, it's it's why I do it's why I do this the podcast because it's a way of cathartically feeling like okay I'm I'm using this nervous energy that I have to hopefully A, to help myself but also maybe reach someone you know and it's I, yeah I think it's um I, it, it just has to be an ongoing uh, conversation, and it has to be, and it isn't yet. It isn't. It's still a massive stigma for men to say, "I'm suffering," "I'm struggling," "I'm," you know. We're we're not there, and I think there's there's a narrative where I think women go, oh, "Well, I want a sensitive man." I go, like, "Do you?" I I I, I, no. I get it. I get that. I think, yeah. but actually, it's still in our society not deemed an attractive trait. I I would probably more likely talk and share my problems with my male friends than I would with my wife just because I, 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 I don't know. I think it's you, you as a man, your role is I've got to provide, I've got to get up and do this. Right. Um, right. And imagine I'm not surprised that your level of stress, certainly if you're feeling like actually I'm the buck stops at me. I'm, I'm the head guy. If this doesn't work, it's not just my salary or my family, it's other people's that's a lot of pressure to, to carry on, on one set of shoulders.
1: Yeah, it is. And, and I, I, I do it willingly now, but um, you know, there are other factors, right? You, you've got to, I mean, you, you know, this you're an athlete, there are other things that you need to do if you want to, if you want to live at a peak level, right? You've got to get the right amount of sleep. You've got to drink the right amount of water. You've got to eat the right amount of food during that period, probably five months prior to, um, to my attempted suicide, I was not taking good care of myself. And when my anxiety gets, gets really bad, I know that I have got to shut down, right? I've got to get eight hours of sleep and I've got to be calm as long, as much as I can through the day and drink a lot of water. And, you know, all the things that, that I identified for myself that are really on my roadmap to, to being healthy. Um, and I wasn't doing that. Uh, the other thing is I, I had a surgery. Um, I had had a torn rotator cuff and I had rotator cuff surgery in January. So that that event happened in May, four months before I had had this surgery. And so I was pretty physically debilitated, right? I was not exercising. So and for me, exercise is like one of the key things in order for me to balance my life. So that combination of not taking care of myself, that financial pressure and not exercising was just a recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah, I think something you said earlier in the, in, in our conversation it, it's it is simple it's just not easy. We all know what we yeah. need to do yeah. and the difference between if I have a glass of wine or a beer I'm having a it's it's good I know tomorrow there's a, there's a bill to pay for that. I know yeah. that yeah, I'll yeah. be my anxiety will be up, my intrusive thoughts will be up, I'll be self-doubting. It's difficult because actually maybe if you if you live in this world and you've got to provide and you've got kids, sometimes you need a beer or a glass of wine at the end of the day. Absolutely, and it's yeah. and actually, but I think it's it's you're right. It's it's eight hours sleep. It's I don't I you know, and it's it's not not drinking coffee past two o'clock or four o'clock. You know, at, you know, not being on my phone an hour before I go to bed because if I do, my brain's not going to turn off. I've probably got we're probably yeah. very similar men. I've got a brain that I, it needs no encouragement. <laughs> to, to not, you know, be running yeah. like a motor. So you kind yep. of have to do that stuff. Cold cold water therapy, meditation, you know, yep. and you kind of have to, I think you've got to look at it like a job. Um, yeah. 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 I think I think the other thing is I, I'll
1: give you a quick observation. I've had a crazy couple of weeks um, and I, I was in Los Angeles. I, Lo- I live in Connecticut. I flew to Los Angeles last week. This on Thursday and Friday it was a quick turnaround. Monday I flew to Puerto Rico for a meeting with uh, some insurance folks that I work with, and I'm at the the at John F Kennedy Airport in New York, right, uh, for a twelve thirty flight. Well, long story short, the flight didn't take off until about six p.m. It was mayhem in the terminal. I mean, people were going crazy. They were yelling at the the ticket agents screaming at each other. It was, a, it was just a, a crazy uh, situation. Because of what I've lived through, I, I can observe this now and really see how people completely lose control. And the bottom line is, we don't have control over anything, right? You only have control over your own reaction to stuff, which everybody says. Um, but watching people lose control over something that they think they actually have control over. Is a really interesting experiment. And so I just take a step back and I'm like, you know what? This sucks. I don't want to be sitting in this terminal for five hours, but I also don't want to get on a plane that's going to fall out of the sky, right? Yeah. So I'm just going to relax and do some other things and stretch and whatever. Um, and eventually you get there. But but watching that anxiety build up and that energy start to explode inside of this population of 250 people is is shocking to me.
0: Well, it's just, as you said, it's a very, very good snapshot at society of people who have done some work and have said, Mm -hmm. because actually I think, as you said, all those people getting angry are being led by their ego. Like, I should be be doing, I should get what I want. Should you? You know, the fact that you can distance say, it is what it is. I can't control it. Getting cross is not going to help, so I'm going to speed it up. The fact that you've actually done that work and there is a dip, when you talk about yourself, there is a difference between your ego and your higher self that's mm. it can only mean I think that the, re- the, the you know the, the rest of your life is going to be uh, you've got an awareness that most people don't have but yeah. you had to do some work and probably go through some really traumatic experiences to do that
1: yeah for sure and and the the message that I give people is just start simply just it's just do something simple you don't you don't have to do everything right there's a couple of things that you can start right away. One of those is meditation, and, and I teach people how to meditate using music so that it's really simple for them to get into it, 30 seconds, a minute, minute and a half, um, you know, start drinking a lot of water, get regular sleep. I mean, there's a list of things that I basically preach um, to a certain extent, but you don't have to do them all. I have 10 things that I try to keep consciously aware of for myself, um, but you could just do two, right? Just start simply, at least just start. And start to become aware of some of the way the changes that occur as a result of
0: that. Yeah, and I, I think it, it is the starting that's the tough thing because a lot of people and yeah. I put myself as this. You'd be like, oh no, no, I'm all right. I, I I'm just someone that drinks coffee till well. That's why there's a problem, you know. And, oh, no, I'm fine. I just mm-hmm. I'm someone that does that. I go, well, your ego's talking. Your ego, and this yeah. isn't working for you. So, whatever narrative you're telling yourself. <laughs> the anxiety and those intrusive thoughts are coming from something that you are doing that is actually not serving you. Um, And the fact that you're not even prepared to try is actually your egos in the steering wheel. If if you know there's a better option that might mean that at the moment, you know, okay, well I have to sort of do some work or I don't get the instant gratification now, but it means that by, by doing some work, my life's better. It's yeah, it's, it's worth doing um because i think if as you said if you don't everyone's got fault lines everyone's got trauma and you know scars that haven't healed or for whatever reason just things happen in life we can't control it's not what, it's not if it happens it's when and it, mm-hmm. when that stuff happens if you haven't done any if you're not mentally in a place where, where it can you know where you lose someone close to you or you lose your job or you have a major problem in in your marriage or something you, you know if you haven't done any work on yourself then that could be that could be too much
1: yeah i agree i think i think the other thing is people are afraid to be labeled i know i was right i didn't want to be labeled you mentioned earlier you're on medication i took medication for i don't know 8 years and i was terrified to be labeled with depression and then also then to have to be on medication right that I'm, i can't function in the world without having some sort of a crutch. And that's just in, an insane stigma that we all learn at a very young age, you know? And and uh, I think letting go of that and also saying, yeah, you know what? I, I do have depression. I do have anxiety, but that's not who I am. It's just part of my experience. Um, and medication, it, it, look, I go to an accountant to do all my taxes, right? So yeah. and if I was diabetic, I'd be taking insulin. So it, it's the same thing. Right, and and and, and then that, once you start to calm things down, then you can start to do some more work.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. It's and it's your. Some people don't produce enough serotonin in their body. Some, you know, mm-hmm. in the same way that people have problems, you know, people have arthritis problems or type type one diabetes. There are some bodies that don't produce what they need to be optimum. So yeah, it's not a big deal. And actually, it's maybe not the. I mean, I'm when, whenever I go to my GP. Uh, my doctor and say, look, I want to come off this. He said, I get it. I get it. But you've got three young children. Life is about as stressful. I I imagine, irrespective of what time you go to bed, uh, you know, our kids still pad through in the middle of the night. Sleep's just, you only get to control so much. He said, choose your battles. I I get it. You don't want to be on antidepressants, And you probably won't be. But just at the moment when life is full on, maybe just allow yourself. That do you know what it's not ideal, but it's not forever. And actually, if it's helping me function and be a better dad and husband, then just do it. Just yeah. again, that's yeah. ego. That's like it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So
1: you you just said allow, and that 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 is exactly the right way to phrase it. Right. We if 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 I came to you tomorrow and we just met, if I came to you tomorrow and said, hey, you know what, I need help. You can you help me with this? Right. Your inclination would be, yeah, I'm absolutely, I'll help you. I don't, you're a total stranger, but I'll, I'll help you. Yeah. So why not help yourself, right? Ask yourself for help and say, yeah, you know what? I want to help. That's that's a natural inclination. And so to me, allowing that space is how you're actually helping and giving that gift to yourself, which is something that, you know, I, I know I didn't learn as a kid. And, and that's what we need to teach our children is it's okay to want to take care of yourself so that you can be 100% for everybody around you. And so I think that that word allow is really important.
0: Well, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I know talking to some of my friends, you start talking about sort of loving yourself. I can I can see them going, oh, this is, this is, yeah, not, exactly. I'm, I'm not that, I'm not that guy. I'm like, I get yeah. it. It's just, but yeah. you think about, you know, the airplane, they say you've got to put your own oxygen mask on first. Otherwise you're useless. You can't do anything. Yeah. You're, you're not going to yeah. help your kids if you're absolutely cri- crippled with anxiety. So if you think of it like, right, and I find it, I find it much easier. And I think this might come from I don't know being bullied as as a boy. I was overweight as a kid, and therefore self esteem wasn't great. So maybe I've never thought I was enough. So I'm always mm. do it. I, I do it for my kids. Do it because they yeah. need you to be better. I get it that yeah. some people go for whatever reason. I I, I don't I I don't want to I don't I can't feel it feels hard to do it for myself. Fine, I get it, no problem. Do it for the kids. They need you to do it. Actually, that's really important. And and I think you'll be so much braver for your children, I think. And I I certainly find yeah. becoming a father gave me a drive and a courage and a bravery that I didn't have before. I'd do stuff that, I'd, you know, I'd go for jobs, I'd public speaking, all sorts of things. This, I would never have thought of this before. Yeah. But if you have yeah. a – actually, I'm doing this because my son might really need to hear this conversation in 20 years' time. It's It's a really good shift, I think, certainly for men.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's awesome. I, I think what you're doing is, uh, is an incredible gift. I really do. It's, 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 we just need to start a conversation and keep talking about it. And men need to have their hands held as much as they don't want to. Um, they really do. And it's not just for men, right? It's for the people that want to love them, or do love them, to to start to understand a little bit more about some of the barriers that exist um, that are real and and imagined and they are the real barriers. You know, I, I lived for, for a long time, just basically my head down, arm swinging, I'm going to achieve, I'm going to achieve, I'm going to achieve. And, I, but at the same time, not being willing to sit down and say, you know what, I'm scared. I'm scared shitless. I have no idea what to do next. And, and that's okay. You know?
0: <clears throat> well, it's a, it's a very effective coping strategy because if you don't do that, then that could be something that could overcome you. I think, um, yeah, yeah no, I will likewise, like, you know, what you're doing as well. I really, um, just before I forget, cause I think I've got five minutes left before the, the zoom goes, where can people find your book? Is it on Amazon? It is. It's on Amazon. It's, it's again, it's, there's coffee in
1: the fridge. Uh, yeah. You can look it up on Amazon. I've got an Instagram page. There's coffee in the fridge, Facebook page, uh, same name. Um, we've got a TikTok and and an, and a LinkedIn um, and just really quick before we go, I'll, I'll tell you the, the the meaning behind the title. Um, and so I was, I had gone to the hospital, came out of the hospital, did a bunch of work. A couple of years later, I'm now back in in a sort of regular job, and getting ready to go on my first business trip. And I hadn't been on a trip in in at least two and a half years, um, and I had done a lot of traveling prior to that. And uh, so I was getting ready to go, and I was pretty pretty nervous and anxious about. Going back into the world, right? That that had I, I basically thought I had failed in, and um, I said to my wife, "Look, I'm I'm going to leave at four o'clock in the morning. I got to catch an early flight. Um, I made some coffee and I put it in the fridge, and I'm just going to grab that and I'm going to I'm going to go to the airport. So my wife sleeps pretty late, or at least she did at the time. Uh, you know, she would say she's a night owl. I'm not, but she, she would normally sleep till seven or eight in the morning, and uh. Uh, I got up around four, I tiptoed around the, the bed, I kissed her on the cheek and I said, I'm, I'm going to go. And she turned to me with this big smile and she said, there's coffee in the fridge. And nice. like that, that connection, she was basically saying, I'm with you, you're going to be fine. And so the the purpose oh, yeah. of that for the book title for me is that like that one moment is just magical. And those are the things that bring meaning to life.
0: It, well, it's a, it's a lovely story. And as you said, I mean, you, you you can have all the money in the world and all all the status and all the money, but you can't you can't create a genuine connection with another human being like that. If you're lucky and you do the work, you'll get that. But mm. it's not something that can be attained unless you are prepared to be really vulnerable. Um, and I admire you for doing that. And I imagine I'm I'm sure you've met lots of conversation. Uh, hopefully, people have read your book or come and said and have told you how much it has helped, or just. I don't know cuz it needs more of that cuz cuz kind of you you do recognize people and you know usually if, if someone's fighting a similar battle I admire people that do that cuz you have no idea what they're going through you have no idea what courage it might have took to write that book to to just stand up and say look this is what I'm dealing with It takes courage um and people will always follow courage people are always inspired um and the, the only way of doing it is you have to be brave first. You have to, you know, so fair play. I'm definitely going to read your book. Sounds great. Awesome, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. I really hope you got something from this podcast. And if you'd like to buy James's book, I'll put a link in the podcast description. On that note, I've also just written a book called First Time Dad that's now available on Amazon. It's a 42-week guide to pregnancy to support dads with their mental health and help them support their partners to the best of their ability. If you'd like a completely free digital copy of this book, please put your Gmail account in the comments section. If you'd like to join my mailing list and start receiving my Dad Mind Matters monthly newsletter, just put your email account in the comments section. Alternatively, you can email me at mydadmissions@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I hope wherever you are in the world, you're okay. Dad Mind Matters, helping men safely navigate family life without losing their minds. Two podcasts every week on a Monday and a Thursday. My book, First Time Dad A 42 Week Guide to Pregnancy, is available in Kindle and paperback form on Amazon and in audiobook form on Audible. To sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit my website, www.dadmindmatters.com.